Hello, and welcome to Cinebraskans, the daily Nebraskan entertainment podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, and I'm joined by my co-host. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is David Berman. Um, I am the Daily Nebraskans Editor-in-Chief for next year, which is very exciting. Um, and I also host this podcast for the rest of this month, and then never again, which is very sad. It's sad. Very sad. Yeah. As well as... I'm Mia Everding. I'm a grad student currently doing nothing. So just finished my first year of grad school and I've got one left and I host this podcast for the next however many weeks and then I'm done. So that's yeah. me. Wow. And yeah, as usual, I'm Kyle Cruz. I am a graduate at this point. And so I kind of just host this podcast for however many weeks we have left. And then I'm just gone forever you'll never hear from me again i'll just disappear into the air um <laughs> uh, once you leave the dn i mean who even are you you know yeah it's like there's nothing there's no point anymore <laughs> no um but yeah so as usual we'll just jump into it with our first segment which is what have i done what have done what done and what have i done is a segment where we just talk about what movies or TV or whatever we've been up to this week. Um, and we might talk about a f- fair amount of things on what have I done this week, uh, just because we don't have a main topic, just because we did, we kind of think of one. <laughs> so that's, a, that's about it. Um, but also I can't speak for these two, but I've been watching a lot of things this week. Um, but that's also just because I have so much free time at this point and I'm like, what do I do? And so I just watch things, but yeah. As usual, anyway, Dave, let's start with you. What have you been up to? Yeah, so um, I, I feel like I've been watching, I thought I had been watching more things than I actually have been, but I really haven't been watching that many things. Um, besides uh, an entire season of The Kaminsky Method with my parents, which is a show on Netflix with Michael Douglas, and he's just an old man and he's an actor. And um, it's just, you know, it's a... Uh, I, I think it's fine. It's by Chuck Lorre, who did like The Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. And so it's a very specific kind of comedy that I'm not like a huge fan of. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was all right. Uh, Michael Douglas is pretty good in it. Um, I think it's definitely. Is it just like a sitcom with Michael yeah, Douglas? Yeah, so he's he's a like a former actor or like a, he's a failed actor who becomes a. Uh, like just an acting teacher and it's about his life and adventures and I've not seen the first two seasons but my parents really like this show so I watched all six episodes like in like one sitting pretty much um and it was all right I I I thought it was okay I kind of thought I was gonna hate it and I didn't um it's definitely I think the target audience is not it's not our generation um so I was kind of like I don't really relate to this a lot and some of this is not that funny, but it was pretty okay. Um, so maybe I'll go back and watch the first two seasons because Alan Arkin's in the first two seasons and then he just didn't want to come back for the season. So he just is dead in this universe now. So, um, but yeah, I watched that. Uh, I've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine with my mom. Um, it's been binging that show. Uh, we usually like to have, when I'm home, we like to have a, just like a sitcom to watch at night and like watch a few episodes of. Um, and I, I've seen like the first five seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine um, and then I just kind of 
dropped off of it. I think a big reason is because it's on Hulu and I just don't like sitting through ads. It just kind of makes binging a lot harder when you have to watch the ads. It just, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying this watch. I don't know if you guys watched much, if, if any, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I think it's pretty dang good. Um, have you, yeah, have you guys watched any of it? I haven't watched any like full episodes or anything, um, but I've seen the single like skit that's them uh, singing "I want it, uh, I want it that way" um, in like the police lineup. Nice. That's the only thing I've seen from Very Brooklyn Nine Nine. Very good. I think so. It's it's by Michael Schur, who did Parks and Rec and The Good Place and some of The Office. Um, and I think it's very much in the vein, the same vein as those shows, just like a very fun and like just goofy comfort show that you can just kind of watch endlessly. Um, I think it is the worst of any of those shows, um, but like that doesn't mean it's bad. It's still, it's it just, it's very, I really like it. I think it's very good. Um, I just don't think it's like quite as strong as any of those shows, but if you like those shows, I'd say, I'd say you would probably like Within Nine Nine. Um, but I'm trying to decide like what sitcom to watch next. Should it be Brooklyn Nine-Nine or Community? That's tough because, so we were watching, like my mom and I were watching Community and I really like a lot of Community, but they're like, I think, I don't know. And I know Mia's watched a good chunk of Community too, but I, I find it like hard to watch in big chunk just cause like the characters are very funny but they're not very likable people. And so I'm just kind of, I, I think when I watch too much of it I just kind of get graded by how mean they are. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I think both are at their best, like very, very good. Um, and so you probably can't go wrong with either, but what do you think, Mia? Yeah, um, I think I've seen probably a season and a half or two seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was on uh, like Germany's Netflix when I was there like three years ago and I never finished it like when I came home. And I probably won't just because I don't have Hulu. And yeah, sitting through ads is kind of tough. Um, and I've seen all of community. Um, I think I, your observation is very astute that it is hard to like wade through just because some of the characters and especially like, I think Jeff is pretty much the main character and he's just like, so despicable <laughs> for almost all of it. So I think if you're looking for something to like get through quickly, I would definitely do Brooklyn Nine-Nine instead, but if you're going to end up watching them both, like there isn't really no rush maybe to do one over the other. But yeah, again, if you want to binge something, um, community is sometimes hard to, hard to wait through. And then the last two seasons aren't really good or three. I don't even remember. Like, yeah, I've only seen it once and that was years ago. So, and then like all of the best characters end up leaving. So, Yeah. So that's not really a, a super concrete answer, but do what you want to do, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, and Kyle, I think uh, an element of community you would like is that they have many episodes that are, especially like in the first and second season, that are like parodies of different genres. Like they have, I think we watched together, they have like a mafia movie episode. Um, and there's like... Oh man, I can't even, I can't even think of another example, but they do just, yeah, like they just, they just spoof a lot of different genres. Yeah, like there's like a, a space travel one where they are trapped in a, um, 
like a, a flight simulator that's sponsored by KFC and, 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 but the entire episode is shot like, like a sci-fi movie. Um, and yeah, it, it's a very funny show. Um, so I, I think, I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else to talk about Dave or should we move on to Mia? Um, I guess I, I also, I watched the, the first Avengers movie, but I think, both of you have talked about that movie at various points in recent episodes of this podcast and i don't have that much else to say about it except good movie i like it how do you think it compares to like the rest of the mcu i think it's it's almost like quaint in a way because you know it's it's like the first it's obviously you know it's made like the first of its kind of like the big team up movie but it feels very contained and like it is you know like got to stop the world from ending type thing but it's pretty simple in it's in it's plotting and its execution but but like in a good way i think um it does a good job of balancing all those characters and in some cases introducing you to those characters and um, kind of how they work there and what their motivations are and yeah i i think it's really good i think it um it's 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 yeah i i, I love the directions that meant that mcu projects are going in now and I, and I think i i enjoy the complexity that they've gotten to but i also in some ways miss just like the simplicity of that era of, of, of mcu movies so yeah um yeah moving on to you mia what have you been up to uh well i guess technically i did watch this before you guys recorded the last podcast but i haven't talked about it because i wasn't on the last podcast um last wednesday i think it was i watched endgame for probably the fifth or sixth time um like it's up there but it's not like winter soldier i think i've seen that one probably the most um of the whole mcu um i watched it with a friend who hadn't seen it yet and I literally took a voice memo like when everyone starts coming back. And uh, yeah, she was blown away. And it was just, it was a lot of fun watching it with her and like seeing her different reactions and seeing like which characters like got highlighted, especially in like the last um, fight scene, like when they're carrying the gauntlet and trying to get to the, uh, um, does that car have a name? I don't know if it does. It's Ant-Man's okay. van. The Correct. van. The Ant-Man. Ant-Man. There you go. Um, but yeah, that was great. And I was just, I think I was really tired or emotional for some other reason. Oh, no, I remembered why. So I started crying, but my makeup, like my mascara ran into my eyes and then my eyes started burning. So every time I cried, I just kept crying and then my makeup would run more and my eyes would start burning more. So yeah, by the end, like the last scene gets me every single darn time. And I was like sobbing, like trying to sob like as quietly as possible. And I was like, my eyes hurt so much, but also I'm just emotional. So it was great. Um, And then I guess, I don't know, you guys mentioned that um, I watched Bo Burnham's latest uh, Netflix special. And that was, I don't know when that was, I think last Sunday or so. So it was quite a while ago. Um, and I almost like didn't want to talk about it just because it it honestly like made me really, really sad. Um, and I was like, I don't know 
how good this is like if a comedy like makes me sad and I I think there's always been um a little element in each of his Netflix specials um that like has made me sad like there's obviously he talks very openly like about his mental health and his his struggles like with depression and um I think performance anxiety I don't know if that's the right right word but um he just like dives into that even more in this latest one um which you can even see in this but in the in the title like Bo Burnham inside or inside Bo Burnham I don't remember how it comes up on Netflix um and yeah it was just very very serious like most definitely his most um I think personal um personal specials and I think he got a lot of like he could just take it so many different directions because it was basic like it wasn't obviously on stage it was done all at home and it felt very like fragmented like there were just a lot of different things that you could see that time had passed like his beard grew out his hair was growing um and it felt like it was just bits and pieces of like going inside his mind and seeing like what what's in this direction and then what's in this direction and yeah it was very very sad I would say and it made me like all the next day I was like thinking about it and it just was like it made me feel like very heavy and I was like hmm I don't know how good this is so then I went back actually right before recording this podcast and I started listening to it again or I started watching it again and I was like oh yeah that made me sad but I think I'm gonna watch it again because I want to like dissect it even further and I forgot how like musically talented he is and I think that comes out probably the most in this special than in anything else that he's done like on Netflix um it's just super varied and there's just this section where he like sings about Jeff Bezos and it's like this techno super upbeat just really really weird segment and yeah that was totally all over the place so I don't know what came from that but um have either of you guys seen it or are you planning on seeing it I have not seen it I think I'm like vaguely planning on seeing it like I think it's something that I want to watch sometime but it's not something I'm gonna watch like right now uh, would you so I've heard just generally there's a car speeding by so I don't know if you guys could hear that but it was a very loud truck um anyway uh I've heard from like various people that it is yeah just like really sad and that the music's really good and at that point so I haven't watched it or watched the trailer for it or anything and I don't think I've ever even like watched a full Bo Burnham special I've seen like the right brain left brain bit but like I haven't really dove into like any of his other specials would you still consider this special to be like a comedy special that's that's a good question. I don't think I would. It was more like a short, well, not even a short documentary. It was like an hour and a half. I would consider it more like an autobiographical documentary. I don't know if there's a word for that. I don't know what component of those words signifies that it's written, but it was more like a documentary like about himself and how he was like dealing with COVID, dealing with like not being able to perform in front of people. And I think what made it really, really sad was that it kind of implied that he was like totally alone. And 
that was just really hard to like see someone like going through that like I think most of the people that I was close with like during COVID like they either went home with their parents or they were living with other family members or other roommates and they had other people and it felt like he was like completely alone um and that was very hard to watch but I think I assume he lives with his partner I think it was like dedicated to her at the beginning either at the beginning or the end um so that helped like in retrospect but I think still overall I wouldn't consider it a a, a comedy show but there are very funny elements in it but I think overall it's like just more an introspective piece yeah Dave are you are you planning on watching this yeah, I think eventually, I think I'm in the same boat as you, Kyle, where I want to watch it, um, but I just kind of don't really know when. And I feel like it's something I kind of have to be in the mood for. So um, I'm sure just like one night when, I, when I'm here and I'm home and I'm just like, I want to watch kind of a sad thing, then I'll probably watch that, so. I would, I think I would suggest that you don't watch this before you watch anything else that he's done or at least like a full piece that he's done because I think he has two other ones on Netflix make happy and what and I don't remember which one I like more um but I would watch those first because they totally like set up um a big issue that he like talks about at the end of this of this special okay but that's my two cents yeah um uh, you have anything else to talk about Mia no um I sadly haven't like watched anything literally since last Wednesday and it's a gross feeling because I was just at camp this whole week so I'm so excited to watch New Girl um I just am slowly working through that and I'm really excited to wrap that up and I think I'm gonna go to the office next if I can figure out like a painless way of watching the office but yeah I'm excited to just kind of sit in bed and watch something it's gonna be great that's me. Yeah. Uh, Mia had an entire week with no content, and that's just honestly unimaginable. So I like didn't even look at TikTok for like three days. I didn't even open the app. It was crazy. Crazy man. Crazy. Yeah, you sent me thirty-seven TikToks during that time. <laughs> <laughs> so Kyle, thank you for you, that, Kyle. You need to get TikTok so I can more easily send you TikToks. Yeah, I know. Kayla just reinstalled TikTok a couple days ago, and it's some of the some of them are pretty good and so it's i feel like it's 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 coming it just hasn't happened join us join the dark side (laughs) dark side together we can rule the universe yes (laughs) um but yeah in terms of what i've been watching as i kind of mentioned earlier i've been watching i've been watching a lot of stuff uh just because i don't know i've had a lot of free time so i've just kind of been like you know what i'm gonna watch this and then i watch that thing and then i start watching something else um, so I've got four things I want to talk about, uh, and I'm going to go kind of like in, in an order of which I've watched them. Um, so first of all, I want to talk a bit about Cruella, uh, because so Cruella came out, I think it was a couple of weeks ago at this point, but I just saw it last, uh, like just this past weekend. Um, and I'll be honest, I kind of enjoyed Cruella. I thought it was pretty good. I had a good time with it. Um, I think it's definitely like not a great movie by any means. Like there's definitely like flaws in it, like first of all it's it's too long it's like two hours and 15 minutes long and it does not need to be that long um and then there's also just some like 
pacing issues and just some general like bits here and there that don't necessarily work super well. Um, and I think it tries a little too hard to tie itself into 101 Dalmatians on a couple at a couple of uh, occasions. Um, but overall, I think it's just a ton of fun. Uh, mainly because it's just Emma Stone being uh, a crazy woman who's obsessed with fashion and trying to outfashion another crazy woman played by Emma Thompson. And that's basically it. Um, like the, the middle like section of this movie basically, yeah, uh, is just the two of them trying to, to outfashion each other. Um, and it's just a ton of fun to watch. Like, um, I, I don't want to get into spoilers here, but like there's, a, like a section in the film in which it's just like kind of a montage of Emma Stone as Cruella, like party crashing a bunch of Emma Thompson's like balls. Uh, and there's one point in which she comes up in a garbage truck uh, and like the back opens up and just like a bunch of garbage like spills out all over like this grand staircase in front of this thing Emma Thompson's doing. And then Emma Stone as Cruella like stands up and she's like wearing a dress made out of garbage. And then the garbage truck drives away and then all of the garbage follows and the garbage is just like the trail of the dress that she was wearing. She was just like hanging out in the back of this garbage truck. That sounds really weird and it is really weird, but my God, it was so much fun. Um, and just, yeah, Emma Stone, like she, she definitely like goes over the top for this movie. Like she goes all in on this character, but it works really well. And I think the the other characters besides uh, Emma Thompson and Emma Stone, um, I don't remember the name of like her two like sidekicks, um, but it's played by Paul Walter Hausen. And I don't remember the name of the other guy, but they were both really good. Um, I know in the original 101 Dalmatians, her kind of like sidekicks were basically just bumbling idiots that kind of just ran around and did random stuff um and like they still are idiots in this movie but they're less idiotic they're more like fleshed out as characters um which which kind of makes you care about them a little bit more um and one thing one like balance that i think they struck in this movie is that they definitely like never paints her version of Cruella into as dark of a corner as like the original animated version like you don't hate her like as much as the original, because she's not, spoiler alert, I guess, but not really. Uh, she's not trying to kill puppies in this movie. They kind of, like, it comes up a little bit, but like, they, there's no puppy murder to be found in Cruella. Um, but she still isn't like a good guy per se. Like she's still kind of like a, a mean person and just like not someone you would want to get along with, but she's not like an outright like villain character. Um, which I thought was a really interesting balance. Um, and I, honestly, when the movie ended, when I watched it last week, I was like, yeah, that was that was good. And I was kind of like interested to see where it would go because I, I won't specify how, but like it does set up like a version of 101 Dalmatians. That's not going to be like a direct kind of adaptation, but like it's, it's kind of a different take on it. Um, and I'm curious to see like where that would go. Um, and we'll talk more about this later, but they have announced a sequel to Cruella that I think we'll probably explore that. And honestly, I'm, I'm down for that. I think I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought it would. Um, when they announced it, I thought it was the stupidest idea. But now I'm sitting here saying that I solidly enjoyed it and would recommend that you watch Cruella. I think it's a good time. I don't think it's worth paying 30 bucks for on Disney+. Plus. Um, but if you can catch it on like a $5 Tuesday or something at your local theater, just check it out. 
Nice. Uh, where do you think it ranks among the live action Disney remake prequel, whatever? That's a good question. I don't remember like all, I don't know what, like how many there are and like which ones I would rank above what. Um, I would say it's, so I really like the live action Beauty and the Beast. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that, but I would say I it's, think it's not pretty as good. good. Would you say? I, I very much, I think that's my favorite one. The yeah. Beauty and the Beast one. Yeah. I would say it's not as good as that, um, but it's better than like Mulan last year. And I would say it's better than The Lion King. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I think out of 10, I would give it like a solid like seven out of 10. Like it's, it's enjoyable. It's, it's a fun movie that you don't have to think too much about um, and has some pretty good laughs in it. Um, so yeah, I would, I would recommend checking out Cruella. Um, Very nice. Yeah, moving on from there, uh, I've been rewatching some of the Harry Potter movies lately, um, specifically uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, I watched Sorcerer's Stone a couple days ago, and then I watched Chamber of Secrets last night. And I think I hadn't watched either of those movies since I was like 10. Like it's been a long time because there was a lot that I had forgotten about them. Uh, and there's just a lot that I just genuinely just don't remember from them. Specifically, how dark they can get like specifically in Chamber of Secrets, like there, I was pretty surprised on multiple occasions at how like serious the movie was um, considering like, I consider like the first few Harry Potter movies to still kind of be kids movies and then the rest kind of grow up with the audience. But then just like some of the ideas introduced in Chamber of Secrets about how like the villains are like literally supremacists um, and just like, yeah, there was just a lot, a lot of really dark stuff in there. Uh, but I thought it re worked really well um John Williams score is so good like it's just I, I forgot how good it was until like I started watching it I'm like oh yeah this is this is this is the good stuff um so yeah I don't need to tell you guys how good Harry Potter is you guys you guys know that um but yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rewatching it I might watch Prisoner of Azkaban like tonight or tomorrow or something and then keep working my way through but nice we, well we did a whole we did a whole month of Harry Potter content on this podcast so yes. um so uh You'll have to like, because I we we ranked all these movies, and so you have not seen any of these in a very long time. So you have to re revisit that ranking and see if anything changes. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I have a feeling that the ranking will end up changing uh, from what I had presented. Like, what was it like last November that we did the Harry Potter month? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm curious to see like how it changes. Um, but then. Uh, but yeah, then yesterday, uh, I kind of binged most of the season two of Harley Quinn, the animated series. Uh, on It started on DC Universe, but it was on, I watched it on HBO Max. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We've, we've talked about this show a little bit on this podcast. Um, I watched the first season, I think last year at some point, or maybe even earlier this year. Uh, and then I watched the first few episodes of the second season and then just got busy with the semester. And so I stopped and I think I was on like episode four or something. Um, so I watched, I guess the first three episodes of the second season and then just fell off of it for a couple of months. And then yesterday <laughs> I was at work and it was like a six hour shift and there was nobody coming into the store. So I just had literally nothing to do. So I just popped out my laptop and started watching Harley Quinn season two uh, and then finished Harley Quinn season two in that shift. Uh, I just kind of watched it the entire time. Uh, and yeah, it's really good. Um, again, it's way better than it has any business being. Uh, I think Kaylee Cuoco as the voice of Harley Quinn uh, is incredible. I think she's honestly one of, one of, if not the best, like 
actors we have playing Harley Quinn. I think she's better than Margot Robbie um, in the role. And honestly, I think I'd be down to see Kaylee Cuoco play a live action version of Harley Quinn. Um, just because I think she's great in the role. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting like how, so like the first season of Harley Quinn without getting too much into spoilers is very much just like about her ending her relationship with Joker and like all the complications that come with that. Um, and I think the second season is interesting because it's exploring like the basis and like the, I guess the beginnings of her relationship with like Poison Ivy, uh, because that's something that they kind of address a little bit here and there and it kind of builds as the season goes on. So I think the two seasons together kind of form a really interesting pair. Um, but yeah, this show is just hilarious. It's, it's very good. I think King Shark is one of my favorite characters. I think my favorite character might be Bane because uh, this show's version of Bane is he's just like, he looks like the traditional comic book version of Bane, but he talks like Tom Hardy's version from Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, and it's just, re it's really, really funny. Uh, there's an episode in this where like, he has like a pit prison and he's like bringing prisoners down there and they're going through like mental health rehabilitation. And it's, it's really, it's just really good. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of really funny bits. Uh, but the reason these bits work in the show is because the show just like understands all of its characters very well. It doesn't like take a random DC character and like paint them as a character. They're not like it. The jokes work because they're jokes that are true to the cores of those characters. Um, and honestly, I, yeah, I love this show. Uh, I could not recommend it highly enough. Um, David, you have also watched Harley Quinn. In fact, I think you convinced me to watch Harley Quinn. Um, yeah, season two or just the show in general. What are some of your thoughts? Yes, I, I think I did in fact convince you of this. Um, and yeah, I, it's a great show. Um, I think I really like the second season in particular because it just leans into like, so I guess minor spoilers. Well, actually these are kind of major spoilers, but um, a lot of season two takes place in like a like post-apocalyptic Gotham and it's just like completely like been destroyed and run down and like every villain has like claimed a part of the city. And a lot of the season is Harley Quinn like trying to take control of the city. And so she like goes to each villain's like different districts that they um, run at this point. And I, I think like that's just like a really fun element of the season. Um, and I love that they just bring dark side into the season for no reason at all. Um, it's just very funny to see like such a major like cosmic um, DC villain just like show up in a, in a Harley Quinn show and just 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 do random things. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's really weird. It embraces a lot of like the weird, dumb characters of DC comics and just like the weird, just like all like the kind of just just like the craziest parts of these characters in a really fun way. Um, so yeah, and Mia, as someone who does not like DC, I think you would actually like this a lot. Like, I, I don't really feel like you need to love DC content to like, like and understand this. I think, I think you would just enjoy like the, just the meta and very fun nature of this, so. Okay. What is um, like a close animated style or gosh, I can't even do words. What, <laughs> what does it look like? <laughs> I'll just say that much. The show itself reminds me a lot like just kind of tonally and like just like the way the show like prog progresses or progresses um it reminds me a lot of like a rick and morty or of like a big mouth um in terms of like that kind of like 
just very kind of blunt sense of humor um, and just like how meta it is uh, and just like just generally its approach to storytelling. Uh, it very much is, a, I think, I think uh, it's in the vein of like those kinds of shows. Um, but Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I haven't seen Big Mouth, but I, and I've seen a little bit of Rick and Morty, but I, I think those are probably pretty good comparisons. Um, okay. Yeah, just very irreverent, very, um, yeah, just very self-aware and fun. So It's definitely like an R-rated show. There's a lot of swearing and a lot of violence. Um, it's, it's a lot for an animated show, um, but it's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I also watched the first episode of Loki this morning. Uh, so Loki obviously is the the latest uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Disney Plus show. Um, and yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. I definitely, like, it's hard to like immediately go, yeah, I love this. Or like, I, I think some people are out there saying that like, this is already like their favorite of the three shows. I think it's a little early for that. Um, just because this first episode is definitely just like, a lot of setup for like things to come later on but i do think that the the things that it does set up and like the way it goes about that is really interesting and i think it has the potential to become like a really great uh yet another great uh, marvel cinematic universe property um and one thing i was curious going into it is that so obviously wandavision was very much kind of a study of the characters of wanda and vision um, and just like how they are like post end game. Uh, and then the same for Falcon and the Winter Soldier where that definitely like focus, focused a lot more on character than is usually found in the MCU. Um, and I was wondering if it was gonna be the same for Loki and without getting into too many details, I definitely think it is going to be. Um, there's a lot of bits in this, in this episode where it's just a lot of like kind of self-reflection on Loki's part and a lot of just like him kind of like just studying him as a character and like figuring out like what makes him tick and what motivates him, especially considering this version of Loki um, obviously is the one that was pulled out of the timeline in Avengers Endgame. So this, this Loki prior to this show starting, the last thing he remembers is uh, getting the Tesseract and leaving 2012, leaving New York in 2012. So like he didn't go through the events of Thor, the Dark World or Thor Ragnarok or, End or Infinity War or anything. He hasn't experienced any of that. Um, and I think that's interesting because those films in particular had like a specific like arc for Loki, like kind of a redemption arc. Um, so it's interesting to kind of go back to where he was um, and then see him from there and like see kind of like an alternate version of him. Like they call this version of Loki like a variant. Um, and it's curious, it's, it's interesting to see like what they're doing with him like in this um in this kind of like alternate timeline type thing um and just like how he how he differs from the loki that we did see in the in the main films i also think the introduction of like the the tva is what they're calling it the time variance authority um is really interesting for the marvel universe because there's a lot of very big implications with that kind of agency being a thing and I don't know. It's just a very big and like powerful thing to introduce to the Marvel universe, to the Marvel universe, and I'm curious to see a what they do with it in this show, and b if it gets tied into other shows. Like, are we gonna hear about the the TVA and like I don't know, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania? Like, are they gonna pop up in other shows or other movies? Um, and so I'm just very curious to see where the show goes. I think they're setting up a lot of a lot of interesting things. I think 
it's going to be a ton of fun to see what directions the show goes into and what characters or alternate versions of characters we could see pop up. Um, and yeah, excited for episode two next week. Uh, I think this episode, this show is also only six episodes uh, and they are like full hour long episodes, just like Falcon and the Winter Soldier was. Um, and yeah, so far, I'm really liking it. Um, you guys have not watched this yet, correct? Cool. That is correct. So yeah. we yeah. can talk more about it next week once you guys have once you guys have watched it. Um, yeah, Loki, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, nice Just thumbs up from me. Very good. I think I am watching it literally right after we record this. So nice. Well, message us on Snapchat and let us know what you think. I will, and then you can you can uh, add in an edit where you just like read my Snapchat. Just <laughs> <laughs> do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from there uh, we'll just jump into our news for the week. Um, and yeah, so as usual, we'll start with our comic book things. Uh, the first of which is Issa Rae uh, has been cast as the voice of Spider Woman uh, in the sequel to Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Um, yeah, I think this is really solid casting. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about it. I like Issa Rae. Uh, I know very little about the character of Spider Woman, uh, aside from the fact that um, there's the is it Olivia Wilde's directing a Spider Woman movie? I think th I think that's the thing. Yeah, maybe. I, f I feel like she's directing something of the like. Um, but obviously this is not that, this is Into the Spider-Verse, uh, or whatever they're going to call the sequel. Um, and yeah, this, I'm, I'm excited for this. Uh, I'm excited that they're bringing in more alternate universe Spider-Man characters, um, and just kind of expanding the kind of brand that they've, that they've built off of the first movie. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think of Issa Rae being cast as Spider-Woman in the Spider-Verse sequel? Yeah, I don't have a ton of, of extra thoughts on this. I think good. She is good, and that movie is good, and I think that's that's good. So. Yeah, um, I feel like I probably haven't seen her in a lot. I think only the, uh, I think it was last year's rom-com with Kumail Nanjiani, which I don't remember what it was called, um, but I really, really loved her in that. Um, I can't remember what it was, yeah, but it was, I think it yeah, she was just really funny in it and she had a great character and she did a really good job with it. So I'm definitely excited about this. So yeah, uh, moving on from there, um, I wanna preface this next story by saying that no major trades are reporting this. It's just kind of a rumor that's being spread online. Uh, I think it was, uh, I don't remember what source it was that reported on this initially. Uh, it was something like the Diz Insider or something like that. So like a source that like has reported things in the past, but isn't like a variety. Um, but they're saying that not only is Namor in uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever, but that an actor named Tanakh Huerta is playing him. Um, so apparently Tanakh Huerta already joined, like has officially already joined the cast of um, the Black Panther sequel. Um, apparently that was a while ago. He was just kind of cast as an unspecified character. Um, and now it's being reported uh, that he is in fact playing Namor. Um, it's hard to really get into this without it being like a for sure casting announcement. Uh, I think it, I would be interested to see Namor in a Black Panther sequel, but also I feel like, I feel like this Black Panther sequel already has so much to do 
in terms of like explaining why T'Challa is not there and explaining kind of like where they're going from here. That I feel like bringing in Namor into that situation would just make it feel really crowded. Um, but also like I have faith in Ryan Coogler. So if that's what, if that's the story Ryan Coogler wants to tell, like I, I support that and I'm here for it. And I, I'm very interested to see what a Namor looks like in the MCU. Um, for anyone listening that doesn't know who Namor is, he's basically just uh, the Marvel Universe's version of Aquaman. Um, like he's even from Atlantis and everything. Um, and there has been speculation that like we could see like the sinking of Atlantis in the Eternals film um, because there was a shot in the trailer that kind of like mirrored kind of what that looks like in the comics. So that could be a thing. Um, and I think even if he doesn't show up here, I think Namor is coming, is probably going to be in the MCU sooner than later. Um, but yeah, just generally, what are your guys' thoughts about Namor potentially being in the Black Panther sequel, uh, being played by Tenoch Huerta? Um, he, that actor, like, I haven't seen him in anything. Apparently he is in, uh, Narcos Mexico and he is in the upcoming, uh, Pur uh the Forever Purge. Um, so I haven't watched Narcos, um, so I can't speak to his performance or anything. Um, but yeah, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, so I remember there being like a throwaway line in Endgame where Okoye talks about there being tremors like like in the waters like near Wakanda. Um, and so people I think grabbed onto that and were like, that means Namor showing up. So like, I feel like this rumor could just be like feeding into that, but it also could be like very intentional setup on Marvel's part and we're actually gonna get this character. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, so Namor is a hero, right? Like he's not, yeah. Yeah, I think he's more of like kind of a, in a gray area. I think he's l less of a hero, more just kind of like a guy. Um, so. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So I kind of agree with you that, that like it might be a little bit crowded if you kind of, if you want to introduce that character, but also there are always new characters in these movies. And so it makes sense that there would be like some 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 new addition that um that would that would show up in this but yeah i think uh cool if if, if true nice are you interested in namor and black panther yeah uh well i'm a big fan of the water so yes <laughs> it involves water i think that could look cool and i i don't i just looked up this actor i don't know him i haven't seen him in anything but He's from Mexico City, so that's pretty cool. So, could be cool. He has yeah, lovely skin. Yeah, if he is playing Namor, uh, would he be our the first like Latinx uh, Marvel hero we've seen on the big screen? I can't think of another one. I nothing's yeah. coming to mind. No, yeah, I don't think so. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be interesting, especially because like Namor, like in the comics, like. He, he looks like a white guy in the comics, granted. Like, they never specifically, like, say he's white or anything. Um, but, like, it, it is interesting that they would be, like, race-bending that character. Um, I'm sure idiots on the internet will get very angry about that. But, you know, people are dumb. Uh, so moving on from there for a more, like, solid uh, casting announcement. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about how The Rock was going to be voicing Crypto the Superdog in a DC Super Pets movie, um, which is already sl uh, slated for May 20th of 2022. So we are less than a year away from this movie hitting theaters. Um, but just a couple of days ago, uh, Dwayne Johnson went on all of his social media uh, and announced the full cast 
of DC's Super Pets, um, which includes Kevin Hart as the voice of Ace the Bat Hound, um, and then as well uh, as well as uh, Kate McKinnon, John Krasinski, Vanessa Bayer, Natasha Leone, uh, Diego Luna, and Keanu Reeves um, round out the voice cast in this thing. Yeah, I think this is really great. Uh, I don't understand why this movie needs to have as stacked of a cast as it does, but I'm here for it. I'm excited to see. I'm. I think it's hilarious that the first superhero thing John Krasinski does is going to be DC Super Pets, um, which yeah, good for him, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't see what's not to like about this. Uh, I'm sure it'll be at least a, at least a fun movie in some in some sense. Um, but yeah, does this cast announcement uh, get you guys any more excited for the DC Super Pets movie? Oh, I mean, my excitement was already through the roof, and now it is just it is even more elevated because of this cast. Um, yeah, I I think this this sounds like this could be very fun. There is like a mini little reveal trailer. Um, where you just see Crypto the Superdog flying about to the John Williams Superman score. So like, yeah, I think this could be a very fun and like kind of self-referential comic book movie, like kind of like uh, the Lego Batmans of the world where it's a kid's movie, but there's also just like just fun, fun little things in there for everybody to enjoy. So yeah, bring on, bring on the super pets, I say. I have not heard i mean i haven't heard anything of this outside of this podcast so i don't really have um any oh i can't think of the word but any placement really within like the dcu um is that what it's called or just the dc universe the dc eu maybe that was what wasn't it worlds of dc at one point or something i don't think they've ever quite announced a full name for it like I think it was colloquially called the DCU for a while and then Worlds of DCU came out at some point and then was in the conversation for a week and disappeared so I don't know what what you call it at this point but okay so I can pretty much call it anything basically pretty much (laughs) um I mean looking at this cast it looks pretty pretty lovely and uh I think I'm pretty much gonna watch anything that Diego Luna is in because I find him ridiculously attractive so <laughs> big old thumbs up from me and also I love the lock I think he's so funny and so great so yeah I think this is really fun yeah um so yeah moving on from there uh you guys remember that Nightwing movie that was announced a few years ago the uh back in the day that DC was just announcing movies left and white or left and right I think it was shortly after the Lego Batman movie came out um, and Chris McKay directed that and they announced that he was going to be directing a Nightwing movie. Um, And that news just kind of came and went and then we never heard anything about it. Um, Well, this week in an interview with Cinema Blend, uh, they asked him about, they interviewed uh, Chris McKay and asked him about the Nightwing movie. Um, And he kind of, like, it's not a for sure thing, but it sounds like he is at least a little optimistic that it could still happen. Um, So I've got his quote pulled up here. He said, uh, I hope it's still a reality. I hope that we still get to make that movie. As far as I'm concerned, it's not lost yet. It's obviously something that they've had other priorities. They have other challenges. They had things that they they needed to do. And I think that they found their way. Uh, I think their recent successes and the stuff they're planning on doing now, I think it opens the door for us to still be able to do a Nightwing movie, whether you call it in an alternate universe or you pick in their multiverse version, which universe it's part of. There are different ways to do it, but Nightwing is a big action-packed emotional movie. 
Uh, it may not budgetarily be similar to what we do with the Tomorrow War, but it's but from a scope and scale standpoint, as far as the kind of action and that kind of heart, that's what Nightwing is going to be all about. So it sounds like this is something that Chris McKay is still very interested in doing. I don't know how I how interested I am personally in uh, in a Nightwing movie, um, but I do like uh, Chris McKay as a director. Uh, I think he, obviously he killed it with uh, the Lego Batman movie, and apparently he's directing the uh, the Tomorrow War. I didn't realize that until this interview. Um, but yeah, uh, do you guys have any interest in this? Do you think that they should still pursue a Nightwing movie with Chris McKay? I mean, sure. Yeah, I guess. I, I think I, I, really my only exposure to the character of Nightwing is through like the Arkham games and I like that character. Um, I think it's like a cool design um, just in general. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like he, to just like the normal lay person, I feel like most people don't know who Nightwing is. Like it's there's Batman and Robin and everyone knows who they are. But like Mia, do you know who or what Nightwing is? So, I do she's not. Shaking. Okay. So basically it's like Dick Grayson after he is Robin, he becomes Nightwing. So He's a Robin-esque character. He's kind of a mix of, of Robin and Batman, I would say. But um, he, has, he has some sticks that he throws at people, some nunchucks. Um, that's pretty good. Um, he's got a pretty cool suit. He does, yes. I, I like that. I like I like the kind of the black and blue they got going on. But um, yeah, I, it, you know, I don't really think this is something that DC would be um, <laughs> super excited about making because i just don't think it has like the recognition that would bring in like the general audiences um but yeah i think if you like market this well enough as like a batman adjacent property then yeah i, I think it could probably do well yeah um i agree i assume you have no interest in this mia that would be correct you know me so well <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll move on from here. Um, speaking of sequels, uh, we already mentioned that Cruella was going to be getting a sequel. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the news, I guess. Um, I, again, I'm interested to see a sequel to Cruella. Like, I'm curious to see what direction it would go. Um, I also kind of have my doubts that this is actually going to happen because they announced, they put this announcement out uh, as like going into the second weekend that Cruella came out. So I think they were just trying to boost box office a little bit. Um, and they said that all of the directors and stars are expected to return, but no one, but like notably, no one had actually signed on to return yet. So it looks like they were just kind of putting this news out there to see see what the reaction would be. Um, and it kind of reminds me of like, I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but like in like February of 2020, they announced a sequel to the live action Aladdin. Um, and obviously that hasn't happened and there has been no development on that. So I could see this going the same way. Um, but also like, I, I kind of hope it doesn't like, cause I, I enjoyed Cruella and I think it'd be, uh, I'd be interested in seeing a sequel. Um, but yeah, having not seen Cruella, uh, are you guys at all interested in seeing in them making another one? Uh, I think I'd have to see the first one. I think really my only request for a second one is that they call it Tuella. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. That, that's very good, Dave. Wouldn't Thank expect you. anything Thank less you. from you. Um, good, I, good. I also would have to see Cruella in in order to give a definitive answer. But I am looking forward to it. I will say that much. 
Yeah, um, we got, so there's a lot of sequels to talk about today. Um, but yeah, so we talked about A Quiet Place last week, Dave and I did. Um, and in the week since, uh, they've announced for sure that the third Quiet Place film, which is not, notably, it's not A Quiet Place Part 3, but rather it's just a separate spinoff of A Quiet Place being directed by Jeff Nichols, uh, who did Mud with Matthew McConaughey a while back. Um, they've officially given that a release date for March of 2023. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say about this other than I like A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place Part 2. And so I'm curious to see what a spinoff of this universe looks like. Um, I, I don't know if this is going to be like an entirely separate family or if this is going to be like just with like Killian Murphy's character or what they're going to do with this. Um, but I'm just I'm glad that they're expanding this universe. Um, so yeah, this Quiet Place spinoff, what do you guys think? Yeah, so like Kyle and I talked about last week when we reviewed the second one, I when the first one came out, we really just did not have much interest in expanding this universe. I think, the, like we said, the first one is just so good and just like feels like such like a fresh concept that we, I, I don't want it to be something that gets like beaten to death and it just isn't interesting anymore. Um, and I'm not as, I'm not as worried about that now after seeing the second one. I think the second one just really expanded upon that universe in a good way. And so I'm, I'm open to seeing some other adventures within this universe. I don't, I'm still a little bit worried that like just this this concept will kind of wear off in its novelty and it's um, just entertainment value. But I think there are some, there are lots of threads that are left open, at least in these two movies that I think you could uh, just pick up and run with. So yeah, I think this could be, this could be something. Yeah, I guess I can't really say much having not seen the sequel. Um, so I don't know where from here well really from the first one it could go um like you said Gillian Murphy and I was like oh okay I didn't know he was in that even though I've seen I've seen the trailer I just forgot about that so uh definitely not the, the person to ask when it comes to this but again I am very much so looking forward to seeing it I was actually going to see it today um in order in order to be able to talk about it more but uh I just ran out of time so sorry geez um yeah have you guys heard of or do you care about the monsters yes i do in fact dave why don't you talk a bit about the monsters so i had not heard that this was happening until i looked at the doc and then i looked it up and i'm like nice so we've talked a little bit about um the adams family before and how none of you really care or know much about the adams family besides just like general pop culture things so my dad loves loves himself some good some good 60s television and so i've seen many episodes of the adams family and i've seen many episodes of the monsters which i think is a superior they're very similar properties but i think the monsters is actually kind of better and is a bit underrated so basically the monsters is um they're just a family of monsters and they're called the monsters and that's pretty much it like the dad is frankenstein the mom is maybe a vampire i think um and then like their kids are pretty weird um and there is a grandpa who is also a vampire they're pretty much just vampires and werewolves and and frankensteins and that's that's pretty much it but yeah so the news is that rob zombie is directing a film reboot of the monsters um and that's all the information that is out there from what I have been able to find. So yeah, I don't 
know if there's ever been a Munsters movie. Um, I feel like it doesn't have the like the pop culture, um, just uh, it, it never really captured just the public imagination like I feel like the Adams Family did, even though they're like pretty similar. Um, there are no really like, there are, there were some movies based on the TV show in the 60s, um, but nothing really like that actually you know, became like big movies. So yeah, this, sure. This seems like something I'm sure I will see this with my dad. So I think it's interesting. So I haven't seen any episodes of the monsters. I knew very, I know very little about it. Um, I think it's interesting that Rob Zombie's doing this. Um, so obviously Rob Zombie, like got his start as a musician and then kind of worked his way into the film industry. Uh, and I think is most well known for like directing like horror films. Like he directed a couple like bad Halloween movies like 10 years ago, um, but he hasn't really done anything else that I'm aware of. So I think it's interesting how he just kind of came out and randomly was like, I'm doing the monsters. Um, so, I mean, yeah, good for him. I'm vaguely curious to see how this turns out. Um, but yeah, you have any thoughts, Mia? Um, I do not. I didn't know that this show existed like until about 10 minutes ago when I looked it up five minutes ago, really, so. <laughs> well, Sorry. I'd say the, be the best part about the monsters is, is the theme song. It was like, uh, it was the, that theme was taken for like the fallout boy song, Uma Thurman. Um, if you are, if you are aware of that song, like that's what that, that's where that song is from, is from the monsters. Um, yeah. I will, I will send you guys a theme later because it's, it's a pretty bopping, it's a pretty bopping 60s theme. Um, so Fun. yeah, I feel like if you set, you could set this like in the sixties. Oh, there was a, uh, like a few years ago, Seth Meyers was going to produce a like Munsters TV show for NBC where the Munsters were going to be like put into hipster Brooklyn in like modern day. And I was like, that sounds like a terrible idea. And it just never got made because it was a terrible idea, I think. So, but yeah, I feel like if you put this in like, you put this in the 60s, you keep like that, that the charm of that era, I feel like it, it could be pretty fun, so. Yeah, uh, moving on from there, uh, there were some set photos that came out. Uh, so Indiana Jones started filming this week uh, and there were some set photos that have already come out from it. Um, nothing too crazy. Uh, there's a train with a swastika on it. And then there's some Indian, there's some uh, Harrison Ford walking around as Indiana Jones. And he just looks like an old Harrison Ford walking around being grumpy and wearing a hat. Um, so I think it looks like it looks good. Like it kind of makes it seem a little bit more real that Indiana Jones 5 is actually happening. Um, but yeah, just generally, do you guys have any, any reaction to this? Are you excited that this movie has actually started filming, um, or any thoughts? I, I don't really have much. I think we've, we've talked about this movie a lot recently. I just, I think the whole thing about, you know, they've done Indiana Jones is a bit old now. And that's, that's kind of goofy because he, 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 he can't, he can't do the moves that he did in his youth and he has to come up with new ways to be uh, an, an, an action adventure star. And so I don't really know how that's going to play now. It's like 10 years later when he is now 80. Um, and so, but yeah, it, yeah, it could, I, it could be good. I, I don't know. I, I, everybody involved is very good. So who knows? 
I guess I don't have overwhelmingly strong opinions about this. Um, I think I've actually only seen one Indiana Jones movie, uh, and I don't even remember which one it was. So I don't have any um, idea of what an old Indiana Jones would look like. Obviously, I saw the set photos and everything, but I just just get it have him have a son a lost son and he well, takes on the helm bring back shia labeouf well no maybe not that i haven't seen that so but let's not do that so <laughs> there are some reports going around this week that they are doing the thing that a lot of people had kind of like speculated that they would do if they cast like a younger indiana jones where like it's going to be old indiana jones and there will be like flashbacks to like a, a previous time and it's like a younger Indiana Jones doing a lot of the action sequences but there's no word on like if they cast a younger Indiana Jones or if they're just gonna like de-age Harrison Ford if they haven't like officially said anything I would kind of assume they were gonna de-age him but also I don't know how I feel about that but also like I feel like the the technology's mostly there at this point especially because it's a Disney film at this point um, we've seen what they've done with the Marvel films um, I feel like it's it, the technology is like just about there to be able to like do that and have extended sequences. Um, so I'd be curious and that's just speculation on my part. Um, but yeah, um, last week we talked about uh, John Wick chapter four and how uh, Donnie Yen had joined the cast of that. Um, but this week we got the news that Bill Skarsgård has also joined the cast. Um, Bill Skarsgård, uh, obviously most well known for playing Pennywise in the It films. Um, a few years ago and so yeah I don't have much else to say about this I like Bill Skarsgård I like John Wick and so this gets a positive reaction from me um, you guys have not seen John Wick correct no that is that is correct cool so I assume you don't have that does Bill Skarsgård joining this increase your interest in a John Wick film I think it would be very funny if he just showed up in full Pennywise makeup in a John Wick movie. I think that would be pretty good. But, but yeah, sure. Um, uh-huh. I don't, I, yeah, I think it would because I really like Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> Probably to a fault. <laughs> um, yeah, so don't have much else to say about that. Um, Madeline Klein has joined the cast of Knives Out too. Um, so we've talked a lot about the cast from Knives Out too. Oh, I also watched Knives Out this week. Sorry, I just remembered that. Yeah, I watched Knives Out this week and it's, it's very good. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, we've talked about how stacked the cast for Knives Out 2 is. Um, I don't know the name Madeline Klein. Uh, I looked up her IMDb and apparently she was in Boy Erased and she played Tina in Stranger Things. Um, but that's about it. So I have very little reaction to this. Um, she she was um sarah i think in outer banks okay which was wildly popular on netflix i literally couldn't watch 20 minutes of it because it was so bad but apparently it's good and she um i think was the main actress in that like of the main love interest so i probably crass not crassly but rudely just think that she's like oh what's that one actress's name the 13 Reasons Why actress, Catherine. Oh, Catherine Newton? Yeah, I think that Who she's just Knives like- Out one? Yeah, she was in the first Knives Out. Exactly. So I think that she, this Madeline Klein, Madeline Klein is just like her care, like the same sort of idea of like taking a popular actress and like 
having her be in a role. I don't know. That's probably like really mean of me, but that's just what I think. Yeah. <laughs> you you're, you might be right. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, moving on from there, uh, we got some very early like teasers for uh, Jurassic World Dominion, which is obviously the third Jurassic World film, which comes out next summer. I think it's like July of next year. Um, but so we got both a first image from it uh, and the, the news that uh, a preview of it, which is like the opening scene of the film is gonna be playing with uh, F9 in IMAX when it opens here in a couple weeks. Um, I have very little reaction to this. There's no IMAX theater here in Lincoln. So I'm not gonna be seeing F9 in IMAX. So I will not be seeing this Jurassic World Dominion like teaser that they're releasing a year in advance. Uh, unless they release it online. Um, uh, yeah, apparently like the scene is basically just like dinosaurs doing dinosaur stuff 65 million years ago. And that's about it. So, I mean, I'm glad that they're starting the marketing for this. Uh, I think the uh, poster they released was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, do you guys have any reaction to this? Um, well, I've seen the first Jurassic Park and the first Jurassic World and I think they're both pretty all right. I know, I know I'm definitely like not as huge a fan of Jurassic Park as just like literally everybody else in the world. And I, I understand that is a, a, a fault of mine. Um, but yeah, I liked Jurassic World a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I fear the second one is not great, um, but I'll probably watch that before the third one and so and they're bringing they're bringing the whole gang back right they're bringing bringing everybody back from the original so yeah i'll probably i'll probably watch this do you have any reaction to this mia um i really like the poster i think it's just like very simplistic and it really caught my attention i was like huh mosquito and then i was like dinosaur skin and those were my thoughts and then i didn't think about it again <laughs> i think that's all you need to know about Jurassic World and Jurassic I mean, Park, just the universe. Those are literally the only two things on the poster. So I'm, I'm glad those are your two thoughts about the <laughs> I like to keep it simple. Um, so yeah, uh, moving on. We got two more things to talk about and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, we're running out of time on our Zoom call. Um, but uh, yeah, so first of all, we got our first look at Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy in the upcoming third season of The Boys. Um, I think this looks really interesting. Uh, I, I read a bit of an interview with like the costume designer here and she said she was going for a bit of like a superhero cowboy look with him. And I think she definitely achieved that. Um, it's like, he kind of looks Captain America-ish, but also like he's got some, some boots on and just like, he's got like a bit of a scarf. Uh, and it's just like, it's an interesting look. Uh, I think it's cool that he like still has a shield and everything. So like, he's definitely just like, a weird green Captain America cowboy, except he's going to be in the boys. And I'm down for that. Um, I'm very excited just to see Jensen Ackles in this universe. Um, Dave, you convinced me to watch the boys. Um, so what do you, what's your response to this, uh, this first look? Yeah, I think this looks great. I'm a big fan of Jensen Ackles um, through Supernatural. Um, and he's free teaming with Eric Kripke, who, um, created Supernatural and also created The Boys. Um, and yeah, I think it looks great. I think him as a pretty much the Captain America of this universe, but just like an awful, terrible man will be very fun. Um, and I think will fit well into this show's themes of 
like patriotism to an extreme. Um, and yeah, I love this show so much. Um, and I, I'm really excited for it to come back. I know they're filming now, so hopefully we'll maybe get it this year. I know they seem to turn it around pretty quick. I know I think COVID kind of delayed some of their plans, but there wasn't much of a gap between the first and second season. So hopefully they get this out um, pretty soon. So. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of shows wrapping production, uh, the Book of Boba Fett, uh, which is the kind of the, the next Star Wars uh, Disney Plus show that's been announced, uh, has, has officially wrapped production. This comes from Ming-Na Wen, who plays Fennec Shand uh, in The Mandalorian and will be in The Book of Boba Fett. Um, she posted about it on social media and uh, in, she posted some pictures of like some production themed masks they had. Uh, and notably, it said the Book of Boba Fett S1 on it. So that kind of implies that it's just a season one and maybe we'll get more seasons of this, um, which I think is kind of exciting. Uh, when they announced this, it kind of seemed like it was going to be a one-off thing. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, in some of the reports for this, um, they were saying that there's a chance that the Mandalorian season three could start filming uh, later this year. So that's exciting. We might get that uh, as early as next year. Um, and I think we're supposed to get the Book of Boba Fett this December. Um, so yeah, just excitement all around. Uh, are you guys excited for the Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian season three? Yeah, I am excited for both. I think the second season of The Mandalorian is probably like my favorite Star Wars thing in general. Um, so I think just anything that is more like that is something that I would want to enjoy. So yeah. Did you ever watch The Mandalorian, Mia? I assume not. I, I have not, but I just texted my boyfriend this evening and I said, should I? And he said, oh yes, please, you should. So maybe I will. Well, if, if you do, let us know what you think. I definitely will. The Mia DeLorean. Oh, bad. Bad. We, I, we, I, I think we just need to, we need to Photoshop your head onto, onto Mandalorian's <laughs> body. I think that would be good. But I'll take it. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's all we've got for today. So yeah, on that note, this has been episode 54 of Cinebraskans, the daily Nebraska entertainment podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Cruz, joined by my co-hosts, David Berman, and Mia Everding. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. Cool. See ya. See ya.